One of the errors that you may have heard about the Catholic faith comes certainly from those outside the Church, but equally I have heard it from some within her as well. It is basically this. God is everywhere, so I can pray anywhere, and I don't need to go to the Church. And by implication they usually mean that they don't have to go to Mass. Let's leave aside the real and true presence of Christ in the tabernacle, which makes our Catholic churches worth visiting because someone, with a capital S, is there to visit. So how do we refute that statement? Firstly, what these people say doesn't even accord with human experience. If I talk to my friend on the telephone, I am present in one way to her, But if I visit her, that is a greater and more satisfying presence. And haven't these last weeks of lockdown demonstrated this to us admirably? To say that God is everywhere is certainly an acknowledgement of God's omnipresence. But to make the presence of God exactly the same in every manifestation of his divine presence would be reducing his presence to something that the situation controls or even that we control. For example, if we can behold the trace of God in the loyalty and affection of a dog, is it the same for a human person? Wouldn't the divine presence in a human person be of a higher quality or greater clarity, since God created man in his own image? All of that might be cause for fruitful further reflection. But I mention it but I mention it as a prelude to the words of the Lord in the Gospel, where he promises to ask the Father to send the Holy Spirit, who will be another advocate to be with us forever. That the Holy Spirit is to be sent implies that in some way he was not there before. When he comes, it will mean that he will exist in the world in a new way. So divine wisdom chooses different ways, modes and means to be present, as it suits the divine unfolding of God's revelation and the salvation of the world. So, if the Holy Spirit could be more present than before, then God can be more present in some places than others. And thus, while you can pray anywhere to God, before the Blessed Sacrament in the Church is of a higher quality and power than under a tree on top of a hill, no matter how beautiful that location may be. However, this further presence of the Holy Spirit does open for us some interesting points for careful thought. Continuing on, our Lord provides us with another conundrum. He says that the world can never receive the Holy Spirit, since the world neither sees nor knows him. Far from being mean-spirited, Christ is acknowledging a human reality. How could we receive someone into our homes if we do not see him at the door, and if seeing him, do not know him? 
The Holy Spirit doesn't usually batter the door down and barge in. The Spirit is entirely patient and respectful and awaits the invitation and the open heart. Even though there were marvellous and splendid, even frightening circumstances surrounding the coming of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost upon the Apostles and Our Lady, those hearts were ready and prepared over the ten days since the Ascension, and they were open to his coming. They knew from the words of the Lord that they needed the Spirit to accomplish all that Jesus had commanded them to do. So why does the world not see or know the Holy Spirit? Is the world to blame? Is it the world's fault? Well, yes and no. Certainly, as St John points out in the Gospel he wrote, and even more clearly in his epistles, the world is the sphere of influence of Satan. It is the stalking ground of him who is often called the prince of this world. The devil does not have full power or sway in this world because the work of Christ continues to bring souls out of the kingdom of darkness into Christ's kingdom of light and truth. Because the devil seeks to blind people to the truth and blind them to the presence of the Holy Spirit, then those who do not see or know the Holy Spirit are influenced by the work of the devil. However, those who do not see, know or welcome the Holy Spirit are culpable because the devil has no power over the human will. God has surrounded our will with freedom, which he respects, and God does not allow the devil to have power over our will. The devil can influence our thoughts, our desires, even our emotions, and in grave cases even the body. But the devil is powerless against our free will. This is why a person is always culpable for sin. A person can therefore with their own will choose to continue in ignorance of the Holy Spirit or to in a refusal to behold the Spirit's presence. We who do see and welcome the Holy Spirit must therefore be grateful to God that we have entered through the grace of holy baptism and confirmation into that state of grace, that state of justification before God that is the fruit of Christ's paschal mystery which culminated in the sending of the Holy Spirit. And here is a nice segue to the first reading. The deacon, Philip, has gone to a Samaritan town to those who were not Jews and proclaimed Christ to them. They welcome the message and are baptised. The apostles, Peter and John, then went to them and gave them another sacrament, confirmation. The apostles laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. This is the origin of our sacrament of confirmation, by which the grace of baptism is completed and believers are sealed with the Holy Spirit, who was promised by the Lord Jesus. Note how we still do it the same way now. 
the priest or the deacon baptises and the bishop confirms. That's what we call tradition. It's very important for us as Catholics to continue in every way what the apostles taught and did. But also it demonstrates again, doesn't it, that there is a time in a person's life when the Holy Spirit is not present within that person. And then with holy baptism, the Spirit becomes present to and within the person. There also comes a time at confirmation when the presence of the Holy Spirit is perfected within the person and he or she is given the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit, which enables the person to bear witness to Christ in the world and to proclaim our holy faith by words and by deeds. Because of the abiding and perfected presence of the Holy Spirit through the two sacraments of baptism and confirmation, a person has someone that the world does not. Also, he or she has something that the world does not. We have the hope of salvation. The world tries to find happiness and hope in all kinds of behaviour that is not good. The world will malign us for doing what is good and right, as well as for rejecting the evil that the world calls good. This is the blindness the world has. This is the ignorance that the world suffers from. Hence, as our Lord says, the world does not see or know and so cannot accept the Holy Spirit of truth. So as we approach the ascension of the Lord next Sunday and Pentecost the Sunday after, now might be a good time to recall what these things the Holy Spirit does for us and perhaps to ponder them deeply over the coming days. The Holy Spirit will be with us always, and we will know and recognise his presence. He will reveal to us the truth, because he is the Spirit of truth. He will make us children of God, able to call God Father. He will show us Christ, and that Christ lives. He will show us that we are in Christ, and Christ is in us, and that we have the hope of salvation. May God bless you all.